Hello, good evening. It's Monday. This is over and over and over again. My name is Richard, and it's going to be a slightly different show tonight. Um, we had to rearrange things because we've got a very, very special show for you at 8 o'clock tonight. Um, it is a special hybrid matters with Melvin. He's got a really special guest, Jill Armstrong, joining him. So we thought we'd have a little shuffle around. I thought we'd get a show in anyway. Uh, we're opening it up. There is a link to the studio. It's in the comments box in the on the video there, in the pinned one at the top. If you click on that, you can come through to the studio, give your thoughts on all the things to do with Arsenal or anything else really that you want to talk about. And mainly if it's, as long as it's to do with Arsenal would be ideal or football, certainly. Um, and then we can get through that as well. So yeah, please feel free to join in if you want, or you can put your comments in the box and we can have a conversation that way. That's fine. Um, I so say we've got until just before eight o'clock because Melbourne will be taking over the reins at eight o'clock and, and going into the hybrid match. So that's on a different stream. So we'll probably shut this down about 10 to eight, five to eight. Um, and then everyone can jump over and watch that. Now we have got, we've already got somebody with us. He's a familiar, I say a familiar face to the channel. We, we can't see his face today because his camera's not on, but it is Sean, who of course uh, has been doing the um, Arsenal, um, the Arsenal review extra time with, with Steve earlier in the season. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. How's it all going? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Obviously, um, things have gone quite well in the in the time that you've been away. I know you've been busy um, with work and what have you, so um, it's good to catch up. I mean, obviously, from Arsenal's perspective, it's not been a bad uh, couple of months, has it? Let's be honest. No, well, I mean, there's not a lot. There's nothing to moan about. I'd say that um, there's things to be cautious about. Definitely, I think there's um, there's definitely some. Some reason to be looking at some games. I mean, the PSV game the other night. All right, it's not a first team, and okay, it's not, it's not the be all and end all, and it won't affect the qualification for next round. But PSV, I watched them at the start of the season against Glasgow Rangers in the qualification for the uh, Champions League group stage, and they are a very, very ordinary side. So I was a bit concerned about that. But that said, PSV did play well in every dog has their day, as they say. Um, hmm. And then there's the United game where it was what it was. And what I've seen, actually, is the United game not be a bad thing. Some lessons being learned. Um, you know, you can't, you can't always fight fire with fire. That's not how it works in football. You've got to be tactically slightly more adept than that. And I think he's learned... Arteta, that is, from what I've seen, that to be a little bit more, a little bit more subtle with his tactical changes, I think, and uh, probably some more decent training ground stuff that's been done to try and get around those sort of problems. But we're going to have to wait until some away games against some harder sides, I think, to uh, to really see how much we're we're in the fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I mean, when, when I look at, you know, so far this season, I mean, obviously, we're top of the league, two points clear, lost one game, drawn one game, one ten. It's It is a fantastic start. And I, as far as I'm aware, we've never had a start like this to, to a Premier League season, certainly, and even a top-flight season before that. I mean, maybe in the 1930s, perhaps, when we were winning it every year, we, we may have done. Um, but whatever, it's, it's a great start to the season. We can't question that. My slight, I wouldn't say concern, but my... Uh, a little nag, nagging thing away in my mind is that I look at the fixtures that we've had. We haven't played Newcastle at all, and that's they're going to be difficult games. We haven't played City at all. That, that Obviously, we know how difficult they'll be. We haven't played Liverpool yeah. away, a traditionally tough game for us. Tottenham away, another place where we very rarely get a result from. You know, Brighton, a team that are a bit of a bogey team for us. We haven't played them at all yet either. And had we played 
some of those teams or all of those teams in one way, home or away, I would have maybe been looking at it and thinking, yeah, OK, I'd start to be really, really confident of where this team can go. But because we haven't, the biggest test that we had obviously was away at Man United, away from home, we lost. Yes, we beat Liverpool at home and that was a fantastic result. But then everybody's beating Liverpool at the minute. So is that quite as good as we thought at the time? Maybe, I don't know. It's, these little things keep cropping into me into my mind. And maybe that's because over the last, what, I don't know, 15 years, We've been in this position in terms of being top of the league at this point in the season lots and lots of times and never, ever won it because of one reason or another, squad depth, mentality, whatever it might be. And that's still what I kind of see now. I kind of see this is what I still believe is probably going to happen. And that's fine because it's only October. Uh, well, it's November tomorrow, but it, it's still very early in the season. And this year, of course, we've got starting in a few weeks' time is the World Cup. Now, um, it's a good point. You, we mentioned it, you mentioned it just off air about momentum, and you're absolutely right. And momentum makes a massive difference. But we're going to lose any momentum that we've built up now because we're off for six weeks for the World Cup. And then we're coming back. It's almost like starting again. And if we was to lose a couple of games early on in January when we, when we come back, suddenly all that momentum's gone, isn't it? And then we'll be playing all these difficult games that I've just mentioned without the momentum, and suddenly they become 10 times more difficult, don't they? Do you think the World Cup actually has come at the wrong time for us? I know some teams will be grateful for it, I'm sure, like Liverpool, but for us, it's come at a bad time, hasn't it? It's just so hard to say, because it's... Obviously, it's a... We've never had a World Cup at this time. We don't know how much it will upset things, really. I mean, we, we're kind of... We're all going on how it would work after a summer World Cup or a European Championship and we've watched players come back slow, some not even recover for seemingly an entire season. Um, is this Winter World Cup going to be somewhat different because they are going there right at the peak of the season? I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking they're just playing another set of games, you know, and I appreciate that that is so simplistic and it won't be like that. But they're playing a set of games at a time when they would have been playing a set of games. Um at, yeah, at a slower yeah, pace, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, but obviously the the intensity is different. They're going to be in a different squad of players. I get all that. Like you know, it's marginal gains in football, as we know from what Arsene Wenger taught the league. You know, and that's why he changed the face of football was because it's all about those small things. Mm. And I don't know, it's going to affect a massive um, a massive boost in the transfer window because. Prices are going to skyrocket for players that are showing themselves to look great for six weeks. So everyone's going to pay through the nose for them. Um, is it going to be bad? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I think it's. It's. Do you know what? If I'm not a betting man, but if if anyone out there is a betting person, the, t the Boxing Day games or the first game when they come back after the World Cup that's when you want to get your money on some upsets because yeah. that is going to be when it's complete chaos. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to depend as well which countries go how far into the World Cup, which teams have got more of those players. You know, some of the teams that get knocked out in the group stage, they'll be back home. They'll have had time to, you know, recover and prepare for the start or the restart of the season. And obviously, if you've got a lot of players that go all the way to the semi-final, the final, then they've got no break at all, have they? They're coming straight back from the World Cup straight back into the into the Premier League games almost immediately, aren't they? So that's going to make a difference for tiredness and all that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, whoever wins the World Cup, whichever country it happens to be, if you happen to have some of those players in your squad, I think that's a bad sign because they're going to have a massive come down from winning the World Cup, aren't they? And, 
you know, we've seen it happen before when you know do you remember when um Dennis Burkham used to come back from World Cups he'd be really poor at the start of the season because it, it was a come down from that and you know when you when you've had a good tournament I think it's difficult sometimes to pick yourself straight back up again that quickly and and a lot of it may depend on on who does what in the World Cup which countries go far and which ones don't and that, that could make a difference but yeah at the moment it's difficult to say but in terms of club momentum that's going to go isn't it all the teams that are playing well now and all the teams that are playing badly now that's going to, it's almost like you can wipe the slate clean in, in Boxing Day because you all, you are almost starting again, aren't you? It's almost like a new season in a way. And it isn't because it's sort of two yeah. thirds of a season still to play. But I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned that we've built up this momentum and we we, shoot, we, we showed yesterday, didn't we, that, you know, we come back from a really, really poor result and performance in Eindhoven to bounce back yesterday with a, with a really good victory. And it's like that is, um, that's a good sign. But now we've only got two games left in the Premier League before we have a break. So we've got no chance to build up another good run. Now we're going to have to wait until December. But again, I, I don't. Again, I, I don't want to undersell it because five nil. Obviously, having not won a, a game by five clear goals since the Arsene Wenger era. Yeah. But if you could have picked a team to play yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I oh, mean, well, there are, can't have been many others apart from not in the Forest. I mean, and no. they. They're getting relegated. No, I say that. I say that with surety. However, the World Cup is actually going to play into the hands of the likes of people that are fighting down mm. there because it, yeah. they're the people that want it broken up and everything mm. changed. I think Newcastle is going to be the gigantic danger after the World Cup because they've got the money to go and clear up whoever they want. And if they are looking like they're looking, which is as if they're definitely going to be competing for Champions League, then there's reason to go there, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And they've got. Oh, we just seem to have lost. Uh, we seem to have lost Sean there briefly. Yeah, Hopefully, you can come back very shortly. Um, but no, I mean that's that's a good point, and I do feel that um, Newcastle are the biggest threat to the top four. You know. Um, I, I think they've got a really, really good chance of finishing in the top four this season. And what that means is it's at the expense of somebody. And if we're going to get in the top four as well, when we didn't make the top four last season, that's two of the, that's two of last season's top four that aren't going to be in there at the end of this season if, if that does happen. So, you know, Liverpool are struggling. They could be one of them two to drop to drop out this year, perhaps. You know, who knows? Um, Chelsea not really got their act going yet properly, but a new manager's coming. Graham Potter, I'm sure he, he'll do well. Um, so they they potentially in trouble of dropping out as well. I mean, Tottenham, we'd love it if, if it was them that dropped out, wouldn't we? But, um, you know, they're going, they're ticking along fairly comfortably at the moment, aren't they? Picking up results. Yeah, they're getting a defeat here and there, but they're picking up good results there. What, third still, aren't they? So um, it's, it's very, very tough, isn't it? And yeah, Newcastle are going to spend money. There's absolutely no doubt about that in January. The position that they're in in the league, they know that if they was if they buy, bring in three or four, two, even two or three players, good players that's going to strengthen their squad, they're going to have a massive chance. They've got no Europe, so they can just focus everything on the Premier League, and they've they'll have they'll be for me um, after the World Cup, they are going to be the favourites to for a top four place definitely, and they're another team. Yeah, that we've got to, And we've got to play them twice still, you know, home and away. One in January, we played them at home in January, actually, soon after they all kicked back up again. And, you know, we've got them away at the end of the season. That could be a really big game as well. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
you know, we're in we're in a, a much stronger position at this point than any of us could have anticipated we would have been coming up to this World Cup break. You know, I'll think, well, if we're in the top four in a, by the time the World Cup comes around, that'll be great. And the fact that we're at the top of the table and we could potentially still be there in the next two two league games, you know, they're two tough games away from home. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, potentially we could lose them both, but equally the way we're playing, we could get results in both of them as well. So, um, and yeah, we're in a lot better position than we thought, but there's still a lot of questions for me that have still got to be answered about this season. It's going to be nothing's going to be really clear until the World Cup's finished and we'll see the injury situation, the January window situation. And, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get carried away. And the reason why I don't want to get carried away is because I've been disappointed and let down a lot of times when you you expect Arsenal to do better than we end up doing. You know, we've been in this position before and we're top of the league in October, November, and then it's all fell apart. And the potential for that to happen still this season is still there quite strongly for me. Um, especially in the last few weeks. Yes, yesterday, you're right. Um, perfect opposition for us. When you just come back off the worst performance of the season, away in Europe, you've had to travel away in Europe as well, come back, quick turnaround. Who do you want to play? Well, let's be at home to the team, bottom of the league. That's not a bad game yeah. to come back to, is it? You know, in that situation. And we made the most of it and, and we won the game. Like you said, the biggest win in the Premier League since Arsene Wenger's days. That shows what a performance that was um, and what a result it was. But ultimately, it was not in a forest. Bottom of the league, can't score goals, um, and once we went two goals ahead, that was it. Game done, wasn't it? And it was just well. We I think the best thing more. about best thing about yesterday's game, I, I would have said, would have been um, Reese Nelson, a player yes. that can be brought in. Um, who you know, if you give him chances, looks like he'll put him away. And he's had a bit of a tough few years, I would have said. Um, yeah, 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 but yeah. It, but um, I mean, what you're saying about the sort of like not getting ahead of yourself. But let's be honest. If you're a proper football fan, it's like you're married to your club, you know. Yeah. Um, and we've all been there. You're in a relationship with your club, and your club has let you down. And you know that you know you're wincing. You're ready. You're preparing yourself for the thing that's going to go wrong, or this has happened before, so this is probably going to happen again. It's. I mean, it is. Let's be honest, being a football fan is like being in an abusive relationship. <laughs> it's kind of, it's just a total, just wondering what is going to go wrong. And it's so strange because, I mean, a friend of mine once said to me, who, who he's not a football fan, doesn't dislike football, but he's not a football fan. And I always mm. said to him, how can you not support a club be like football? He said, because it yeah. never ends. No, and I went, well, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, well, it never finishes. It's not like you complete it. You know, it's not like yeah. it's, it just never ends. You can win everything, and that means that next season can't be as good. I mean, it's a mad way to think, yeah. I know, but no, but it's... It's, that's actually true, though, isn't it? That's actually true because you know, no matter what your club achieves, you know, and every, every club's got their own ambitions and what's success and what isn't for each individual club. But once you achieve the maximum success that you can achieve, there's nothing more that you can do. Like we went invincible, there's nothing better you can do than that, really, in the league. Yes, we can win the Champions yeah. League, we haven't won that yet. But technically, there's nothing better than that, is it, that we can achieve? So where do you go from there? Do you know what I mean? It's downhill, isn't it? And you've got to start to accept the fact that actually it's never going to quite be as good as that again. But that's got to be fine because we've got it's no mad. choice in the matter. And it used to be worse. So we've experienced it all. <laughs> but that's actually true, though, isn't it? I actually like I like that kind of analogy because it's so true. There's nowhere else you yeah. can go. Once you've seen it and done it, you know, Anfield 89 for me, that was it. Nothing was ever. Nothing is ever going to top that. So yeah. what's the point almost? But ultimately, the point is you want to experience it again. You want to, Something like that could happen again and it could happen to us and we want to experience that again, don't we? But it probably won't. 
you know, you have well, to this is it. The, the first English football league game that I ever remember seeing live was 89 Liverpool against Arsenal. And obviously completely falling in love with football. Yeah, Italian 90 the following year. I do remember Ireland against England in Euro 88 the year before, but the first league game I really remember was that. Yeah. And it, it was. It was like it's. It's how I often thought that. That's the pinnacle that... of football, that isn't it? That's the pinnacle of football. You're never ever going to beat that ever. That's just. That's just it. That's that's the top. That well, I always wonder about. Imagine you're a United fan who starts supporting them at the start of 1999. You know, it, it just. It doesn't. Everything else must be a disappointment after that. Yeah. Because it's just. It's in not. In a way, it is. You're right. Yeah. In a, in a way, it is. And, and that may be expl- actually we've Neil, Neil's in actually now. We've got Neil. How you doing, Neil? You all right, mate? Good to see you. Hello, mate. You all right? You not sure? Yeah, good. Yeah, we, we just have a little reminisce about you know <laughs> some some old times as well. But um, it's like it, it was a good point that, that Sean was making there about you know it's as a football fan when you, when you're tied in with your club, you're stuck with your club forever, regardless, good and bad. It doesn't matter. You're there and, and that's it. But when you've experienced some of the things that we've experienced as Arsenal fans, you know, Anfield 89, for example, and the Invincible season, all those great things that we've seen, you know, um, there is a tendency to feel that you're never going to experience at those highs again to, to that level. And almost like winning things now would be great because we haven't won a, we're winning the Premier League now would be amazing because we haven't won it for what nearly 20 years so it would be great to finally experience that again there'd be loads of fans out there that's never experienced it at all you know you know so um that would be that would be fantastic but ultimately when you've experienced those great things it, it, it's almost like what Sean just said there with Man United fans after 99 although they had a lot of success does it not feel the same I don't know I mean you've experienced a lot of stuff with Arsenal Neil as well you know you're a similar age to me and stuff yeah. like that we've, we've experienced it all I mean yeah you, there's nothing beats winning a trophy whatever it is you know League Cup love it we'll go mad you know FA Cup brilliant and whatever it is but I don't know that feeling from 89 that feeling of the invincible season when we finished that season when we beat Leicester in that last game and we knew we'd gone for a whole season without losing those things are just you know the FA Cup when Andy Linigan scored in the last minute to complete the double the first ever domestic cup double all these things we've experienced that can yeah, we I'm... ever feel like that again I don't know I don't know uh, if we can uh, yeah, Sean do you want to go or shall I go don't mind shall I go yeah go on Neil yeah, yeah I I, I think um, so. So for me, my my earliest memories are sort of mid seventies and onwards. So for me, mm. us witnessing we know that the FA Cup final against Man U in seventy nine. Mm. You know, I was in tears. I, I cried again in the next year because we lost. Yeah. Uh, and at yeah. that time, I thought Arsenal was the world. Arsenal, were, I, I <laughs> we always say we're the greatest football team the world's ever seen. But I actually believed it. But that tender tender age didn't really see yeah, see beyond that. And then, you know, then there was a barren spell and then all of a sudden George Graham came along and we lifted the League Cup against Liverpool, uh, against the side that never uh, lost when Rush scored first and we destroyed that that record. Yes. And then it just went on from there. And 89 for me, I would still say 89, although the Invincible era or the season was incredible. I mean, it well, it's it stands out on its own, doesn't it, really? You can't really compare that to the Preston North End one because the Preston North End one was in the previous century and there was like a handful of teams it wasn't the same yeah, yeah, so you know you've, you've got to put our one as is right up there um and it will it ever be equaled again maybe but it's it's going to be very very difficult um 
so whilst that was so unique and so unbelievable, I was actually lucky to be at the game in the front row. So I got some really close up pictures of the players celebrating afterwards and stuff. Um, and it was there was nothing like it. But for me, 89 will always stand out because 89, the emotions that yeah. that evoked within me, I can't, I don't think I've ever felt. We've never seen, we've never seen a league title nothing, before in Edwin. We've never seen one like before. that. Nothing like that. Yeah, for, for myself, I, I, it was my first as a fan my first league title you know to witness and you know that those feelings as i said i just i can't describe what that felt like because no one no one anyone backed us to do it no one and then to do it in the 93rd minute you know with injury three minutes into injury time whatever it was yeah. i mean it's a dream they're the things that you dream of i'm, I'm sure you guys have dreamt this as, as kids even now that you'd be you'd come on as a substitute maybe and score the winning goal in the FA Cup or in the yeah. in the very last kick of the game. Or, I still do now, Neil. I still, yes, I still have that dream you, you know, even the Champions League, you know, you do. So yeah, it's, it's, stuff, it's stuff for fairy tales. So, but I think, Richard, to answer, answer your question, and, and I've done it, I didn't hear what you guys were saying because I was try, struggling to get on today. But I think each one is different. Each success story is different. Um, you know, that's why we watch the game. You know, every time you go on there, it's you, or go to a game or you watch a game, there's different things happening, things that you're not experienced before, wonderful goals being scored, mistakes being made, which you never thought would be made. And it's always a different story each time. And that's what I love about it. It's, it's, it's different. So although you might have your favourite moments, I think there's always more to experience. And that is why we keep doing it. That's why we keep going back for more yeah. good and bad. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, yeah, 100%. I, I, I could never get bored of winning another 20 FA Cups. I could never get bored of winning another 10 league. I never will. You know, I, I, I want us to win everything every year. I think I think the only stumbling block that I've ever had was when we were uh, in our golden era with Wenger. It became almost, uh, as I said, I didn't. I've, I've told, you, told you this before. Took I've never. I, I didn't yeah. appreciate it as much as I should yeah. have done. Yeah, I and, agree. And and because it almost became the norm, and you kept seeing it, and you're thinking, "Are oh, we going to win four 0 today? Are oh, we going to win three 0 today?" You know, it was like it was literally like that because we were so dominant. Um, and the only the only strong teams we struggled with was was maybe the old the old Stokes here and there up north and on a, on a cold yeah. day or or you know Man United who were our biggest rivals and and you could even put Tottenham in that league but they they had a dreadful record with us for years and years with Wenger yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know it was almost the norm and I don't think I appreciated it and I've said to myself no. especially now when we've started this kind of resurgence I guess uh, well I believe that that's the case I'm gonna savor every second rich i really am and, and i'm not going to allow myself to be complacent in my own kind of celebrations if that makes sense i don't want to take it for granted i want to absolutely revel in every moment of this and and i think there's the difference um but yeah i i can never get bored of it no way not in 100 years no no I, we don't get bored of it it's just it's more to do and i think it's like um there'll be a lot of fans now and you know you've got for example the Ashburton army on the clock end right brilliant they are they won't have experienced Arsenal winning a league before because they'd have been too young most of them right so if we finally do it whether it's this season next season next four or five years that's going to be for them almost like 89 was to us the first time we experienced that and it's going to be amazing honestly it will be it'll be amazing for us having experienced it a load of times after that as well but it will be amazing for them and I kind of I want us to achieve a lot of things for for people like that that haven't experienced what we've experienced. They've not been lucky enough so far to experience it. We, we were fortunate. We've been fortunate. We grew up at the right time in a way, didn't we? So we've gone through the George Graham era, the Arsene Wenger era, and there's nothing going to top that. 
for that long period of time, 20 odd years of amazing, amazing things. With now, I think what's going to happen is we're going to get the odd great moments here and there scattered around every few years, maybe if we're lucky. The odd league title here and there, possibly a European trophy, hopefully here and there. But I don't think we're going to have a, a dominant period of like that amount of time with that amount of trophies crammed into. I don't think we will. Just the way that football's changed, the money, other clubs coming into it. Instead of just two or three teams chasing the trophies now, there's going to be seven or eight or nine. So your chances are less each year, aren't they? So we're going to have to... And it might make those moments better because they'll be so much rarer. We experienced, like you said, under Wenger, in the end, it was almost like, well, we're, we're going to win everything this year. It's going to be brilliant because we expected it because of how good we were. And it, we'll never feel like that again. Well, I won't, I don't think, because I just but can't see us being, ever being that good again. But isn't it the case with everything like that? I mean, I love what Neil just said there about... Because, Neil, it was... If we just turned that off for a moment and, like, read the words out, you were just talking about life. It it literally is just a case of going, if only I knew what I knew now. And it is. That's why we all love football. You know, like, half past two, anything's possible. You know what I mean? And it's... And that thing why, as well, you know. Why are you pulling your hair out if you've got any left? <laughs> yeah, but then there's also the thing, you go to a stadium, you're with everyone, and it's like, we'll get through this together. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's also the thing of 89, like we've all said, I mean, it, let's be honest, it was like a fairy tale. Mm. You know, even the players didn't honestly think they were going to win if you listen to what they've said in years afterwards. You know, Lee Dixon didn't even go to the after party because he he planned to go and see his cousin who'd come over <laughs> from Australia or something, you know. And it it's a thing of... And it's weird because we, we put that 89 there and go, that was the absolute, like, you know, like a pinnacle football. But yet yeah, in 91, it was a near-on unbeatable team. It was. So it's really it strange that I mean, it, it, it is, we see it, it like that. Funny. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's weird because, you know, 89 for me, I almost forget that that was a whole season because that felt like a one-off game. And it obviously... It was a mad time season, though, wasn't it? Because we, we won the league. Whereas 91, that I, I always look back on 91 as the whole season, the season as a complete thing. Every single game was, was brilliant that season. And yeah. that feels like that felt like a proper season, a proper league title. Whereas '89 felt more like a cup final, you know, as though what happened before it didn't seem quite as important in terms of the games. Really, some of them stood out, yeah. but ultimately it was all about that one game. Whereas '91 was about the whole season, how great we were. And again, with with you know the Invincibles in '04, that was the whole season, wasn't it? It wasn't a one-off game. Cup finals are like, aren't they? Like the the Cup Winners' Cup in '94. That was like a one-off game, really, was it? The final, brilliant, and the cup finals, the yeah. cup finals. And 89 was a bit like that, wasn't it? The, the ultimate result was winning the league, which we'd never seen. But for me, I always felt that if we'd never won the league again, if that was the only league title I'd seen us win, as great as it would have been, I'd have felt a little bit maybe cheated that I hadn't seen us win a, a proper league title over a season rather than just a one-off, like a cup final game. Do you see what I mean? And the fact that no, we didn't know what you mean. afterwards, I, I kind I mean- of... We experienced that as well, and, and and again a few times since. What you guys were both saying there as well about it being a thing because it's also it's almost a description of football as well. And I'd say we're all the right age to be able to to talk mm. about this particular subject. The fact that, like Neil was saying about taking for granted when it was so good so often. I mean, look how much football we get now. You know, you, yeah. you you've almost yeah. got a live game every day. I mean, we all remember the big match on a Sunday. We all remember that you didn't get every game on match of the day. 
Amazing. And the fact that the YDF... Public, you maybe got three games highlights a week, yeah. and that was it. You didn't even see the others. Yeah. You, you and, that, and that was if you were lucky enough that they were at the right games that were decent. <laughs> yeah. And it was... All, um, all, all televised, because if you remember, most no? of the day didn't televise all of them, you know, and you're no. lucky to get the highlights. And we were very reliant, heavily reliant on the papers, the next day papers. Mm. Teletext when it came about, which was amazing. I still love Teletext. Uh, and 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 you know the reports that you, you'd you'd get from your mates speaking to them on the phones if they'd been gone to the game or, yeah. or whatnot. You know that was it. It was very limited. I think that's the other thing, Sean. Um, you're you're absolutely right. But I think the other thing is the limited exposure we had to it. Now we can pick up our phones. I mean, without sounding crude, sitting on the toilet and stream a game or or watch yeah. the whole become that accessible. Which is a good thing in a way. I mean, like, there's there's pros and cons with technology, but the good thing I think is for those people who may be uh, uh, logistically too far away to be support a club or watch watch a club live, they can at least join in um, and you know participate that way. And I think that has been a revelation in itself. That you know it's it's kind yeah. of expanded the fan base for all the clubs to a wide oh, yeah. audience, whereas before they might not even have known of the club and even they did know of the club, they wouldn't hear or see next to nothing about it because there was no internet. And I think that has also transformed the way supporters kind of behave, I guess. So Absolutely. Sean, you're right. It's a, it is a light, very much of a life. It's, it's, it's the logistics as well, though, isn't it? Because in, the, in, in those days when football wasn't as accessible to everybody to watch, most fans of most clubs were lived quite local to where the, the ground was. Most of them yeah. did. People didn't really travel. Yes, some did, but not to the same extent as now. People all over the world watched the Premier League. Whereas before, you wouldn't have got so many Arsenal fans all around the world because they wouldn't have had the option to see the games and watch the players. And no. that's what's changed, hasn't it? Now the the fan base of of most clubs, you know, not just Arsenal, not just the bigger clubs, but all the clubs now have got fans all over the world that watch their games regularly on on the on the telly. They get up at two o'clock in the morning to watch the games, all this that and the other, and that it's opened up football to a, a wider audience, which is a, a massive positive. There's no doubt about that. You know, you're seeing, you're seeing kids but, on the other side of the world running around in Arsenal tops, pretending to be, um, you know, Thierry Henry back in the day or pretending to be uh, Gabriel Jesus, either, whatever it is. And that's, that's great because that didn't really happen before because they, they wouldn't have had the opportunity to see those players. You know, Liam Brady, no, no one would have seen Liam Brady play unless you came to Highbury. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't have seen him. So that's and that's the difference, which is a positive, but ultimately it is overkill as well. It is, it's ridiculous. You can't have live games the, on every night of the week. It's stupid, isn't it? But... The, you know, the positive is that it's a worldwide game and uh, it, it's something that is applicable to everyone. You can go anywhere you, you want. And the great thing about football is you can go anywhere you want in the world and if you've got two jumpers and a football, you can play. But yeah. do you remember what it used to feel like, Just given the time we're in now, do you remember what it used to feel like just before a World Cup, knowing you're going to see a bunch of players that you never see? Like mm. Maradona, like the players that were in Italy yeah. because that wasn't televised. You know, the likes of Careca and, you know, Romario, you know, and you'd be seeing these players yeah. and you go about 86. I mean, half that Argentina squad, you you just wouldn't have seen them. You know, no. Maradona, we, we knew about, but, you know, and, and how you used to love, I used to love reading newspaper reports because, yeah. you know, that was I, the only I, way you yeah. got to know. Yeah. 
Um, it was, yeah. Uh, and it was funny, wasn't it, it? Because you'd, you'd, you'd read about these players in, in the press and whatever you are, right? you know, say, like you said, Argentina or Brazil, whoever they were. And then a World Cup would come around and you think, I want to, I can't wait to see this player play. And you'd watch him play and you'd think, well, they were right what they said about him. He is a yeah. fantastic player. Or you'd think, actually, what, what were they talking about? He's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> or you'd get your surprise player. To make, those, make those decisions for yourself. Now you're told everything all the time. You know, we're told who the best player is. We don't have to make our own mind up. We're told who's good, who's not good, because everything's yeah. there all the time. If you go on social media, everybody's got the same opinion because that's what they're told. And in, in, the, in them days, it wasn't like that. You had one newspaper or two newspaper reports. That was all you had to go on. Yeah. And you had to base your opinion on that. And you saw a player play, and then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he, they're right. He's fantastic. Or well, what, what Unless it was like? a European Cup or UEFA Cup or Cup Winners' Cup, you didn't yeah. see him. No. Very you know, so, John. You know yeah. the likes of... Um, I mean, I remember the first time I saw... Uh, it was at 90 World Cup, uh, Toto Scalacci. Now, obviously, he was quite an unknown quantity beforehand. Now, the other great thing about World Cups was just these players that would just appear yeah. that, like, yeah. probably didn't do a great deal for the rest of his career. No. Um, but he took home the golden boot, and it was just, you know, it was more dreamy. It was more fairy tale, you know? And that's yeah, why, was, like, 89 yeah. is so great. And that's why yeah. FA Cup final day was amazing. You know, in comparison to today, where I mean, they stick it on at quarter past five, and you just think this isn't the same. It's you know, no. I don't think it's even a value thing. I know about the Champions League and the money and all that, but it's more about the fact that it's just another live game, and yeah. it and that's no, exactly, a worry. Exactly. Um, I mean, Tommy's made a point in the chat. You can see, mate, he says, uh, we can't live in the past. We're not Liverpool. No, we're not living in the past. We just reminisce oh, no, about, about some great things. Tommy says, uh, Scalacci Italian night. Yeah, exactly. He was, I'd never heard of him, actually. And then he turned up and started scoring goals for fun in every single game. And you're thinking, wow, he's a player. And then, like you said, we never heard of him again, really, did we, after that? He sort of disappeared off the face of football. Whereas now, what would happen is everybody would be following his career, wouldn't they? Oh, well, he's been transferred from this club to that club and everyone would be getting him on FIFA and playing him as on a computer game. And do you know what I mean? It's totally different, isn't it, the way that we that we watch football now. Um, Tommy says, I was at the game yesterday. He says, yeah, Mitch was packed yesterday. It's what we love to see. Yeah, of course, yeah, we like to see it packed. Uh, Tommy says, he's got a club level seat in the North Bank. Absolutely awesome. They didn't sing a lot. Uh, but I'm usually up a tier, uh, so I was giving it my best for 90 minutes. <laughs> oh, well, was fun. I mean, it was awesome. The atmosphere was incredible yesterday. My God, it was. I, and I keep saying every time I go now, or when I, I'm lucky enough to go, each time the noise levels get louder and louder. And it really is a fact. It's not me just <laughs> saying it for the sake of making a point. It's absolutely bang on true. And and yesterday, the first time I, I got to the point, my ears were actually hurting. We was we, the noise was unbelievable. Um, I, I think the Ashburton Army has done a great job. We got the drums going now as well, which is something I used to ever only hear in World Cup. So Sean, a good point Sean yeah. made about the World Cup. And and you know, Sean, I've got to say you, you're you're really bang on about something here. That all these players we never heard of. It was almost like a mystery, which was kind of nice in a way. There was that mysticism yeah, to it. it and then all of a sudden, the World Cup would start on ITV and BBC One. And then you'd start seeing these games thinking, wow, who's this player? And it's like, now we're exposed to all of it if we wanted to be, because we can watch all the leagues across the world. And and it kind of ruins, well, it kind of, not ruins it, but it kind of takes away that charm and mysticism that Mystery, you would, would yeah. get back in the day. Yeah. Well, um, instead yeah. of FIFA, you had a sticker album. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even the even the computer games of olden age ages, you'd only see like little matchstick men running around, you controlling matchstick. Oh, men. So yeah. Change their name, didn't they? They had to change yeah. the names as well, so they couldn't yeah. actually be the real player, could they? That's right. That's right. And now you've got the real player, and, you, and they look lifelike, so you actually yeah. know what they look like, and you probably know what they're yeah. about. It's just, it's just changed so much. But honestly, the atmosphere at the Emirates, oh my god! I'm, I'm look for me, Highbury will always be my favourite stadium, hundred percent, without a doubt. I don't think for the rest of my life it will check my, change my opinion. But the Emirates is starting to feel a little bit different than it has done seasons past. It seems to feel a little bit like home. And, and you know, the noise that the fans are making, I've not seen anything like it in the, you know, since, the, since for the last 18 months, I'd say it started to improve. But I've not seen anything like it at the Emirates before. Honestly, guys, I really haven't. It's changed so much. That's think, even, when, yeah. even when we make a mistake, the crowd seems to get behind the team now. And that's the I good mean, thing. I think I think you're right about the fact that Emirates is now feeling a bit more like home, uh, and yes, and for some people it's the only home they've known. The Asper and Army, mm. probably an example of that. And that, that that's a, a, a factor in that, but um, it still feels to me, and maybe maybe that's just you know maybe that's just me, but it still feels to me as though we haven't been at the Emirates very long. When that's your fact, it's what it's 16, 16 years. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, 16, so. 16 years. It's gone 16 years now, hasn't it? So, wow. which is quite a long time, actually, when you think about it. But for me, it feels like about four years. That's all it feels. It still feels like we're really recent. <laughs> we moved, and I know it's strange, but it isn't. True. But that's just how it kind of feels, isn't it? And that's maybe why it's taken a longer time to for it to feel more like home because it doesn't feel like we've been there that long. You know, we haven't. Maybe I think it was. It was like priming for it. So, like. Last year, I went to the Tottenham game and and, um, it was the first time that I felt like having been there, that stadium suddenly caught fire. It was like that that atmosphere that you'd been waiting for, where it wasn't a dirge. It wasn't like people being disappointed with things. It was everybody collectively going bananas. And I think... From that point, even with the disappointment of the back end of last season, it's you've got a lot of the same people there, and they're all going, yeah. It can be like that, it can be like that. And you know what? When it is like that, even if we don't do great, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like you stick with the team, there's no more of this sort of booing your own player, and it's counterproductive, no, no. it doesn't work. No, oh, definitely and it's you know. And that, I've never liked that anyway, regardless. No. You know, never no. ever. I've never booed an Arsenal player while they're playing for Arsenal. Never. Because, oh, you know, madness. even if they've had a bad game, we're having a bad game. I've never booed them. They're doing it's it like, on purpose, you know, are they? You know. It's not. Of course they're not. And what's, what, how's that going to help anyway? How's that going to help them? Always ridiculous how people do that um what i actually wanted to do was it's kind of got me thinking about it now just because maybe because we've on a bit of a nostalgia trip but it is halloween tonight so what i was thinking was why don't we think about uh our own football horror story maybe you know our, our horror story of, of, of football related horror story we must have a few that over the years that we've experienced um Ooh. that we can talk about on halloween that could be quite good um mark c says that odegaard needed a coach to help him Settle and show faith in him. He showed flashes of skill last season, but now he looks like a player we can't do without. Um, yes, he's, he's definitely improving. I, I still feel as though he, he looks really good against some of the worst teams. And when we play the big games against the big teams, he tends to disappear a little bit too much. But he's getting better, definitely. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops. He's still young. He shouldn't be captain, but um, he's developing and he's, he's, he's looking a lot better. But I want to see him really stamp his authority against the big teams more consistently. You know, I want to see him 
take those, those games by the scruff of the neck. It's all very well scoring a great goal against Nottingham Forest. It's brilliant. But I want to see him score those goals against Chelsea next week. I want to see him score those goals in those really big games at Anfield when we need a goal or stuff like that. Then that's that's his next step, isn't it, in his in his development, I suppose. And, you know, hopefully that's where yeah, he's going to go. big game right, experience. There's a few question marks over that. But, yeah, he's, he's a great player. Fantastic. Left foot like an absolute wand. You know what I mean? Brilliant. Um, I just want to see him influence those big games a lot more. And when, when we're struggling in games like we were in the last few weeks... You don't you don't see him when we're playing well and we're on top. Brilliant, he's fantastic, a fantastic player. Uh, just that little, he just needs to work on that side of it a little bit more, and then he's going to be fantastic, isn't he? He's going to be an amazing player, I'm sure. But yeah, he's young. I mean, he's a great player. Play. I think you're right yeah. about the big thing. I think what it is from what I've seen is that so smaller teams or the the, the lower end of the table teams, they eat can't quite afford to mark him out of game. You know, they've got more to deal with at the back there, yeah. you know, whereas I think better defenders are finding it maybe easier to read his runs and maybe easier to keep him more stationary than what he is against the smaller teams. He's able to like thread through some of them yeah. channels that he can't quite do against the top teams. But it's big game experience. And I think, I think he will get better. He's quite clearly a talent. Yeah, oh, 100%. And, you know, I'm sure he will. That's the next step, though, isn't it? I say he's still young, he's still developing, he's still getting used to the yeah. Premier League as well. You know, it's only his second full season, isn't it? So, you know, we can't um, expect him to to be amazing every single game straight away. It takes time for younger players, and that's one of the issues that we've got in the team in general, isn't it? I suppose, but but yeah, I mean, he's, he's he is a great player. He's, he's great watching when he's on form. He's brilliant to watch, isn't he? The way he glides around the pitch, he's like a, he's like a ballet dancer sometimes, isn't he? The way he just like ice skater, he just glides around. Graceful. The pitch. Yeah, graceful. Yeah, he, look, he looks fantastic. So I think left-footed players tend to look like, a bit like that anyway, don't they? Because the way that they move is slightly different. But yeah, uh, I just yeah, I just want to see that, that, that next step for me for him. And I think it'll be fantastic. And he's going to be... Good opportunity player. on uh, Sunday then, Rich, to show It is. Exactly. That is exactly what it is. And, you know, if, if, we, if we're struggling in that game and he comes up with a bit of magic and helps us turn it around, then that's what we need to see him do that. And then that's brilliant. That's say that's the next step for me, yeah. And Sunday's going to be a big opportunity because it's a massive game, a difficult game. Uh, you know, yes, we've had a couple of good results here the last couple of years, but it's a traditionally tough game for us and we don't often do that well. So it's going to be big. It's going to be, it's going to be a, an interesting an interesting game, I'm sure. Um, Tommy says there, it's 100% better than last season. Uh, I can't say a lie. The Ashburton Army are doing their bit. Um, but if everyone went and uh, knew the songs and gave it their all, um, I still get annoyed with what I call the 85th minute crew. Yeah, and I, I understand what you're saying. And I suppose though, with, with the with the bigger clubs in the Premier League, the bigger grounds, you're always going to get people that go that aren't, um, I don't want to call them not proper fans because they probably are proper fans. They're just different type of fans. They don't go there to sing the songs and do that. Do they? they go there for the experience of being in the stadium and enjoying the Premier League football. And that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with those people coming to the games, but that obviously means that you're never going to get 100% of the crowd 100% singing and dancing and jumping about because you're not going to get that out of, with 60,000 people in the, in the ground because that's not no. how it works. And that's why Highbury think... maybe was... Because Highbury was smaller, you had a bigger percentage of the crowd that were more those type of fans. Whereas now we've got more more people in there, so it's a smaller kind of... There's more of the... Maybe the more no. quieter fans going and want to sit and watch but Those the grounds have built different, weren't they? You know, like yeah. if you go to Goodison now or you go to Villa Park, they still sound like that. And it, mm. it's because they're old grounds and, and it was yeah. it had that thing about it. When you build that bowl atmosphere, yeah. Yeah. if you've got yeah. a 
a, a corner of the stadium that doesn't sing. It does notice a bit, even at New Wembley, it does. But the thing is, everyone's different when they go. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't sing. I'm I'm not one of them. I'm I'm literally watching the game like a hawk, and yeah, everyone next to me is singing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, no, it's like you said, everyone's different. That's fine. You know what I mean? You don't have to necessarily be singing as long as a majority of the crowd are. It's going to be a good atmosphere, isn't it? You know, you I'll only need seventy percent of the crowd to be singing. Even sixty percent is going to make it sound loud in a sixty thousand crowd, isn't it? So you know, that's that's it's fine. the vibe, isn't it? It's the vibe yeah, of everyone. Yeah, exactly. I, I must admit, uh, when it when when we was at Highbury, I thought that um, it felt like more of the crowd were involved in that kind of stuff with the charting and the singing and all that kind of. It felt like it more, but that's because it was smaller, a smaller stadium. It was more compact and everything was pushed in. So you know, when the North Bank was singing at Highbury and he was on the clock end, oh. you could hear him really loudly because it wasn't that far away, really, were they? Or if the East End was singing, whereas yeah. now, you know, you, you can, but it's it's further away. It's, different design of ground you're right and it, it does make a difference but yeah well they were doing it yesterday they were singing the good old we're the north, north, Bank, north, we're the north, north, north clock and ends, when yeah. you're in highbury when we used to do that oh my god the, the reverberation yeah. around the stadium yeah. was amazing it and then was. the east stand the west stand sometimes would get involved yeah. as well yeah, and then yeah. yesterday it was happening although it was good it it you're right it felt distant it didn't yeah. feel like it was close exactly, to yeah. because, because it, it is, so it's far away. away, isn't it? Because it's a big stadium. Yeah. So it's gonna, the sound gets lost a lot more than it did at Highbury because it was so compact and, you yeah. know, and that's yeah. the way it was. But, you know, we, we can't do anything about that. That's fine. Um, Mark C says uh, Highbury had its two singing crews at either end of the ground that the bowl mixed everyone in together. Yeah, that's true as well. I think that people are more spread around in the, obviously, at the Emirates because it's bigger and stuff like that. Whereas at Highbury, you know, you knew you were quite close to everyone, even when they put the seats in. You know, it was still the atmosphere was still great at Highbury, and I'm not saying it's not great at the Emirates, but it's I just think that, different. It's different. It's changed, obviously. That's football. Football's changed. Football I think that being changed. on the edge of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Being definitely. on the edge of the oh, pitch amazing. made a difference, didn't it? You know, yeah, it did, yeah. Upton Park, the old Dell. Yeah. You know, you yeah. could hear the scuff of leather, and it yeah, is, it did, yeah. yeah. You could hear the players shouting about it. the pitch sometimes, couldn't you? You know, the, 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 and the manager yeah. shouting from the side and that sometimes if you was in the right place in the ground. And yeah, that's how it was then. It's different now, isn't it? But you know, it's it's the way it is, and it's fine. It's just that there's those differences that we it's, need. To it's getting it. used to it, isn't it? It's like for those who remember Highbury, as you said, Rich. A lot of the next generation would never even know about it, and they they would just accept the Emirates for what it is. But I remember my first game. Yeah, I think it was the first game. I didn't get to go to the Burkamp testimonial, I think, which I think was the first ever game there from yeah, memory. I think it was the Villa game. I think. Yeah, and, the Villa uh, game was the first Premier League game. Yeah. And yeah, and and I walked in and I and I was near the front row, luckily behind the behind the goal, and I was like, God, we're so far away from the pitch, and it was really weird feeling. It just didn't make yeah. sense to me, and I was like, I must admit, Neil, it right? was the, weird. It the, was the weird. first. Yeah, I mean, the first game I went to at the Emirates was the Bergkamp um, testimonial. Oh, wow, OK. And when I walked into the ground, right, for the, obviously, you know, leaving Hyrule and walking into the Emirates, I felt really, really sad, really, really sad, almost mm. like crying, you know, I want Highbury back. And yeah. the Emirates is a fantastic stadium, and I, I love the stadium. I oh, think yeah. it's great. You know, the seats are fantastic because you've got more room, they're comfortable. Highbury mm. was all packed in, but... It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... I don't know. And, and even now, what, 16 years later, I still don't feel that same... What you got from Highbury, walking into Highbury, seeing the pitch and seeing the, the stands and the, the the marble halls and all that, That you know, you're never going to get that it. feeling from the Emirates. You're not. 
no matter how much they no. try and and do you know what the funny walls and all that kind of stuff you're never going to get that no. you know the, the the bridge and everything like that is great i love walking across the bridge at the emirates and yeah. you know you've got all yeah. the pictures that's brilliant but it's not hybrid and it will no. never feel like that unfortunately no it was but it was rickety and you know clunky but the point is it was still really precious and um and even yeah. even there were times when i get tickets either in i think it was mainly in the, in the west or the east stands and you'd be, you'd have the post Kind of, yeah. It'd be like yeah. doing that, like that with the book. Yeah, yeah. And you know yeah. what? It was annoying, but I kind of miss it because it was yeah. just—it felt exactly. I, yeah. I don't understand. I can't explain it. I can't put it into no. words. You but, can't explain it. And you, it's yeah, impossible great. to explain it. You don't and need to. Don't real really football, isn't it? Yeah. It's you real get, football. Yeah. Exactly, Sean. Exactly. And the Emirates is clean. You don't get any of that nonsense anymore. And it's no. it's almost clinical. It's it's and and yeah. you said the seats are comfortable. And you're thinking, wow, these are nice. God, I can fall asleep in these. Got a bit of room here, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I'll tell you, so I think- one of the first games I ever saw abroad was in Germany. And the atmosphere is really good, but I think it kind of describes what you're saying. It's sterile. Hmm. It's, it's it, hmm. The charm that old football grounds in England had was something else. Even some of the really, I mean, like probably one of the worst away games I've ever been to was a, I was working over near South End. So I went to go and watch a game there and you do not want to be an away fan at South End in the winter because the, because the stand faces the sea. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the coldest. Oh, I mean, God. I defy, I defy that anywhere on earth is colder than that, but it, it was, um, there's a charm that old football grounds have where you feel more free. You feel more part of what is going on. It's, you know, you go to a big... The first time I went to the Emirates, I looked around and I thought, this could be any international football stadium. Mm. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't feel like that anymore. You go there, it's it's made its home. It's it's been there long enough. So you kind of... It has its... It's it's gaining its own history as as it goes. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But hey, it's Halloween, and I'm all for being nostalgic. So (laughs) I'm uh, I'm loving the the chat about old football stadiums. Even the old Wembley, the last time I went there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember going. going And it was horrible as well. But I was disgusted. It was horrible. Some areas really smelled. It was like horrible. It was a horrible. It was a horrible. it was was gross. But the thing is, is that whenever you went there, you went, there's that thing, isn't it? It's like ghosts of football. You kind of go, Mm. who's played on this pitch? You know, Ajax won their first European Cup on that pitch. You know, Eusebio scored on that pitch. You know, and and just so many players that you go. We won the World Cup on that pitch. We won the World Cup. Who who could believe that? Exactly. And and you, you go, I don't care about the rest of it. It, it's it's yeah, it becomes exactly. like a, a spiritual home of which you go you can't you, you can't recreate it it has to be it has to be organic and it, that's yeah. why it will take time at these new stadiums uh 100 yeah that was the thing with Wembley wasn't it it was it was iconic and that was it and it didn't matter that it was absolute falling to bits at the end towards the end and it was horrible view the seats the, the bench seats were just horrible the whole thing was just a mess but ultimately it was Wembley and it didn't matter you know you just yeah. wanted to be there to experience your team winning at something at Wembley I seeing Arsenal win cups at Wembley was just the old Wembley was just amazing what an incredible experience it, it was it didn't matter same, the other stuff didn't matter did it same sort of experience I, I was over in um 
I was in Amsterdam a couple of years back and I was chatting to an Ajax fan who said exactly the same thing when they went to their new stadium. He said their old stadium was this tiny, rickety old place. He said, but they all missed it. You know, they, they all missed that, that sort of communal feeling that they all had when they were in there. Yeah, you do. And it doesn't matter that the new stadium's about. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter that it's comfortable. It doesn't matter. You don't that, want you know, to be you, a digit, do you? No, you don't. Yeah. No. And, and yeah. It, it is, it's a shame, really. But anyway. Yeah, I think uh, that's a great point, Sean. I think it made you made you as an individual feel very special. I, I, it, 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 you felt part, as you said, community. It was different. I think you yeah. saw more your faces as well. You went. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I was never lucky enough to have a season ticket, but there's the many games as I went to. Sometimes I'd bump into the same old faces, and the Emirates now it's hard. It's very difficult to do that now unless you oh, yeah. prearrange it. If you actually arrange to meet, then mm. then it then it's the only way it can work. And um, mm. I, I think you're right. I think well, the Emirates like a giant yeah, local sorry. pub. Yeah, yeah, exactly that, exactly that. There, yeah, there you go. It was like Whereas, a giant local pub. Yeah, no, was, yeah, yeah. I can't, well, I can't follow that. That's exactly spot on. That's what it was. Yeah, it, exactly. It, it was exactly. Yeah, that, that's what it used to be like. Now it's kind of like a a, a small festival, like a you know Glastonbury, <laughs> <laughs> where you don't you don't know anyone. There's loads of people yeah. there, you don't know any of them, but you've all experienced the same thing in a different way because you was there somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, talking about Halloween, and I mean, um, uh, you know, we've all had some horror stories from football, I suppose, and probably my biggest one was the um, FA Cup semi final, 1991, which. Again at the old Wembley, oh, I was going back to that. Now, oh. for some reason, I, I can't remember now. I, I had a season to get at the time. Me and my mates had a season to get in, in the clock end at Highbury, but um, we couldn't get a ticket for that game, whether it was because it was on a ballot or whatever it was. I can't remember now, but we didn't get tickets for it for whatever reason. We, we, we applied to get them, we, we didn't get them. And about two days before the game, my mate said to me, Oh, um, I spoke to this guy, he's, he's got two tickets. We've got to meet him at Baker Street before the, before the game to pick the tickets up. And I'm thinking, this sounds dodgy. But I'm thinking, well, what we've got to lose? You know what I mean? Might as well do it. So so we, we went down there. We went down to Baker Street. We met this guy. And I was sort of surprised he was there. He turned up where we said to, supposed to meet him. He had the tickets. We paid over the odds from, of course, you know, that's what it was about. Um, and we, we got the tickets. And I'm thinking, oh, well, this might not be such a bad day. Just wanted to experience it. You know, we expected to beat Tottenham, get to the FA Cup final, win the double that year and all these kind of stuff. Anyway, we was on the train going to Wembley. And I was looking at the tickets. And I said to me, mate, I said, you know what? I'm sure these tickets are in the Tottenham end. And he's gone, no, oh, no, no. 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 <laughs> no so I said, no, I said I'm, I'm sure they are. Looking at the block that they are, I'm pretty sure that's the Tottenham end. And he's oh. gone, no, he won't, he won't give us Tottenham tickets. Anyway, we, we got up to Wembley. And... um. We obviously realised it. They were in the Tottenham end. These tickets, um, and so we we got in the ground. We went to find our seats. It was actually in the back row behind the goal. Very very back row it was, um, and we're sitting there thinking, "Shit, this is going to be." <laughs> and then anyway, obviously about five minutes into the game, Gascoigne scored that free kick, didn't he? It was up yeah. the other end to where we were because obviously we were up. It was in front of where the Arsenal fans were, that free kick. We was at the other end. Obviously, at the end, what we was in, they were going absolutely ballistic. You can imagine what they were. They were going absolutely mental. Me and my mate are sitting there on the back row, like just sitting there thinking, shit. And then after, after about three or four minutes after the goal, the Tottenham fans were going mad. And suddenly, a few of the people in the row in front of us and around us realised we hadn't been celebrating when the goal went in. And they're all kind of looking at us thinking, and we're oh. thinking, oh, shit. Oh, no. They sussed us here. 
So um, I said to me, mate, I said, I think we need to kind of move. <laughs> so we yeah. kind of got off. We, we went down. And obviously, in them days at Wembley, you could actually walk around the whole stadium underneath in the concourse bit all the way. You probably still can now. But they didn't have it like blocked off in the different sections. You could actually walk all the way around. Yeah. So we thought, well, we're going to try and see if we can get in somewhere out the Arsenal section. So we went down the stairs. We started walking around the stadium. We've got, I don't know, halfway around. We had a big roar. We're thinking, yes, we've equalised. We ran up the stairs and it was bloody 2-0. The Tottenham, we saw mm. Lineker was scored. Lineker. You know, joking. What a nightmare day this is. Um, we finally got all the way around to the other end, other end of the ground where the Arsenal section was, probably about 10 minutes before half time by the time we'd found somewhere. We kept going up all the little blocks looking for an empty seat somewhere. Um, we finally found a couple of empty seats. We went down there and just before half time, we got there, obviously 2 0 down. Um, and then obviously we, we got a goal back in the second half, but mm. we obviously lost the game. Um, and that was just a total nightmare. And then afterwards, trying to get back, it was kicking off everywhere. It was just a horrible, horrible day. And I would say that it, all the games that I've been to, that's probably the worst day ever. I mean, just to be in that stand when Gascoigne scored that free kick and to see all them lot so happy and jumping around was just, I, I still have nightmares about that now. You know, it, it seeing them celebrating the goal against us like that, you know, it was and all around us. And we're sitting there thinking, wow, this is real. just absolute shite. It was literally horrible. It was the worst feeling ever I've ever experienced. We was in Paul the Tottenham White Hart Lane once, and on the shelf we were, uh, about the halfway line. Yeah, that was a league game that same season, funny enough. But that finished nil-nil, so there was no goal. So we didn't see them celebrating around us, which was all right. But at Wembley in the semi-final, when I thought we'd beat them about 4-0, and uh, the double was up for grabs as well. Was, even now, I can't actually sit back and watch that free kick again because it just reminds me of that moment when that Leiden Tottenham fans were just going completely loopy. And we are sitting there, think, we're looking at each other, me mate, thinking, what are we doing? What on earth are we doing? <laughs> and it was like, oh my goodness. But anyway, um, yeah, that was that was my particular Halloween horror story <laughs> on watching football. That was horrible. That. Especially back then. Back then, if you got caught in that sort of situation, I mean, you are, I mean, I know people probably won't understand it now. And like, you were literally taking your life in your hands. I mean, it, yeah. it, would have been, it probably was better. We maybe got away with our lives because Tottenham had scored and they were winning. So they were happy. Uh, yeah. If we had scored, I hate to think what would have happened because I don't think we'd have been able to stop ourselves from doing something. I mean, you, you couldn't just sit still. Do you know what You're I mean? Well, no, I, I don't know what would have happened if we had scored. I suppose in a way, luckily, for our, from our safety perspective Tottenham had scored so they were quite happy and they probably didn't mind the fact that we were, yeah. we were in the wrong end well it's a period of, you say about the tickets getting fucked up there was a period of four years where all the semi-finals were at Wembley in 91, 92, 93 and 94 yeah. and um, there was a lot of tickets got mullered up um, but you were probably lucky you were at Wembley as well because I mean I know it was it it, it tended to be a bit more not quite as dangerous as say going to Villa Park or or mm. um you know yeah, the city yeah. ground or or any Old Trafford or any of the rest. But oh Jesus, that sounds hairy. <laughs> oh, it was it was horrible. I I'll, I'll never ever forget that feeling of sitting there watching them celebrate when Gascoigne scored that free. I'll never. I mean, I, I love Paul Gascoigne. Don't get me wrong. You know, he's a great guy, great character, brilliant player. But I'll never forgive him for that, actually, because he, he put me that put us through, you know, ten minutes of absolute hell that day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I suppose it's a it's an experience, isn't it? And you know, it's it's what game of football is about, I suppose, isn't it? You experience highs and lows. Highs and lows, exactly. Yeah. And that was never a great um, that wasn't a great moment. But anyway, um, it's uh, it's something that happened. And yeah, that's 
Um, that was quite a horrific uh, moment on Halloween. It wasn't on Halloween, but it's a, a, a Halloween memory, I suppose, you know, a horror story. Um, Tommy says, a similar thing happened to me and my mate at Highbury against Middlesbrough. In the, how did you get in the way end at Highbury? Um, this lad clocked me and my mate straight away. I didn't even I didn't even know you could get into the away end at Highbury without being in a wayfair. Anyway, <laughs> we left before full time for saving. Yeah, so we, we, yeah. we was in the main stand at Anfield once. You know, do you remember the game when Paul Merson scored the winner in '91? Um, and we won one nil. The only yeah. tickets we could get for that game were in the main stand at Anfield, right overlooking next to the cop. It was, and um, we went there thinking, ah, oh, this will be all right. It won't be a problem. Um, as it turned out, there was about 250, 300 Arsenal fans in that same section. So they must have got the tickets from the same source that we did. I don't know. And it wasn't, obviously, we were quiet. We were sitting there quiet and quiet. And then, obviously, Merson's run through and scored. And such a big game. We couldn't help us. And we were lucky that there was a, a good few hundred Arsenal fans in that same section that we oh, were right. in. That stand. We were absolutely mental anyway. We had to leave before the end because we would have literally got killed. We knew we would have got killed. And we all said, right, OK, now it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah. left about five minutes to go. So we missed all the celebrations race at the end which was a bit of a shame but yeah that was that was a bit of a strange one because we were getting you know people weren't happy around us put it that way that we were celebrating the goal but you know what can you do you're not going to go that way are you, to Liverpool and not celebrate when you've scored of course <laughs> even uh, if you're in the wrong end it's just one of them things isn't it? but yeah it, we, we had to leave before the end yeah good five minutes before the end I've Let's had go. nothing too I've had not too many nightmares actually at games uh, a couple of uh, games where I haven't got a a dog in the fight, as it were. So I went with a mate to go watch West Ham Millwall, and that was not oh. nice. But I'd say oh, mine's okay. not. Yeah, I, I can't decide between two. So I weren't at the games, but it was. I think it was the first time I sort of realised football isn't a fairy tale and doesn't go the way that you think it will. Um, it's either England Holland in Rotterdam qualifying for the World Cup in nineteen ninety three. Do I not like that? Uh, and and Kuman should have been sent off, and then he scores yeah. the free kick, and oh, yeah. we would have had a penalty. But because yeah. uh, that was the first time I think I sort of realised I got to that age where we just went. So we don't qualify for every World Cup then. Things don't go our way then. But I think yeah. worse than that, worse than that was 1995 against Zaragoza. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 I, because I remember '94, absolutely brilliant. You know, Smudger, even though Ian Wright's suspended, scores the winner in the final against a team of stars. Yeah. Um, and then in '95, and that Arsenal team were were on the. I wouldn't say it, not so much on the wane, but there was they weren't as good as that they team. Were. Here they were on the wane. <laughs> yeah. But they were – so you, you had that, that semi-final against Sampdoria and a bloody good Sampdoria side as well. Yeah. And, you know, they won that penalty shootout. Schwant, uh, Stefan Schwartz scoring the free kick in extra time and yeah. absolute like sort of madness. Dave Seaman's penalty saves from Matilda Lombardo. And you're like – so when it got to the final against Zaragoza, who even though they beat Chelsea in the other semi, because I always thought that was quite a disappointment. I wanted, I wanted to play Chelsea in the final. Yeah, um, and you thought, no, you got got we're beating Sar- we're beating We've got we'll do this lot, you know. And anyway, when it's one all, and it gets to the that that final minute, and you're thinking, yeah, penalties, we'll have penalties yeah. because like, of what happened in semi final. It's like it's got Dave Seaman, haven't we? Yeah, he's come yeah, on, we've we've won, we've won on penalties. I remember thinking that exactly. we won on penalties. Yeah. 
No one had ever won the Cup Winners' Cup two years in a row. Yeah, that's and right. Was, that's right. It was, you know, so many teams had got to the final two years in a row because Palmer had won it the well, year Palmer, before. Yeah, they would have won it before, hadn't they, when we beat them, yeah. 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 And it was it was like a hoodoo of like, you know, teams yeah, just right. don't win it two, two years in a row. And then when he hits that ball, and I still remember to this day, me and my brother sat next to each other on the sofa. And as he hits that ball, and I, I swear, this is not like looking back at it in a different way. I turned around to him and went, it's in. And there's players that I've now listened to. Um, Paul Merson's one of them who says he saw him at it and he went, it's in. And, and it uh, sloops over. I was at the other right. end of the, at the stadium because we, we were there that night. I, I drove to Paris. Yeah. That. I drove. It took like absolutely about five hours, six hours to drive there from uh, Calais. And um, it was horrible that because um, in the semi final, Chelsea had got knocked out. Zero Gosford beating Chelsea. And yeah. there was a lot of Chelsea fans that had bought tickets for the final, anticipating they were going to be there. Um, oh, and right. there was a lot of Millwall fans that had come over. The atmosphere in the Arsenal right. that night was hostile. Because wow. it wasn't just Arsenal fans. There were Chelsea fans there. There were Millwall fans. There were West Ham. There was oh. It was just a mixture. And it kicks off the night before amongst Arsenal fans in Paris. It was the atmosphere. That yeah. whole build-up to that game was horrible. It was just horrible, it was. And then, obviously, the game well, itself. That was, the, the that game was just before the breaking point, wasn't it? That that England game over in Ireland that yeah, got it was, abandoned. Yeah. It was, it was oh, that, yes. before that, yeah. My goodness right. me. That's right. and, um, and that was when it all got cut because yeah. it was like, no, they got the, we've got the Euros the next year. This can't happen. Uh, and that's when yeah. the FA really started yeah, right. getting on their metal. Yeah, it did change a bit after that. But yeah, I remember that. Obviously, it was 1 1, like you said, the next trophy. Well, we're going to win this. We're going to win on penalties because, you know, Seaman won't let it in. He in, will he? He saves them all. And then you're right. Yeah. Who's at the other end? We got a perfect view of that. As soon as he hit that ball, I thought, shit, <laughs> we're in trouble yeah. here. Because <laughs> Seaman was too far is- off his line. I'm thinking he's not going to get there. And then obviously, he's in the up in the net. And it was like. Do you oh, remember no. earlier in the game, he. He, he tried it earlier in the game and he hit the call yes, flag. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. So he did mean it, but the thing is... Yeah, is no, that, I'm, I'm, I know he meant it, yeah. He definitely meant but, it. But, but the thing is, the worst bit about it was there's a moment of silence, isn't there? Just after yeah. that ball goes in and Seaman is lying there on the floor with a ball with his leg cocked up like a porn star. <laughs> he's, <laughs> and he's, and he's, he's just sitting there chewing gum and there's just that oh, moment yeah. of... It's just... Is this happening? Like, what? That can't stand. Mm-hmm. That can't be a goal. Can it? We've, yeah. we've lost. What's that? And it, 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 it's just one of those moments where you learn all about football and you just mm-hmm. go, oh, yeah, this is football. <laughs> oh, yeah, this yeah. is what can happen. You do kind of learn more in those moments, I think, sometimes. When you experience oh, yeah. that, then obviously winning stuff's great. But you learn more about yourself as well, I think, you when you experience those yeah. moments. <laughs> I mean, that was that was actually yeah, that was a quite that was a horror moment that when that goal goes in, and then oh, I me and my the, brother just we looked at each other just in absolute yeah. sort of your mouths open, just like what, eh? And yeah, and then a scary uh, home the next day was fun and all. We drove back to Cali. Oh, oh, what a horrible journey home that was. That was like seemed to take about four days to get home. Oh, just horrible, 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 horrible. What a horrible few days that was, by the way. Horrible. So, yeah, that that's my footballing nightmare. Well, thanks for reminding me of that anyway, Sean. That, that was nice. Cheers. 
That's all right. <laughs> but it's happy Halloween, mate. I'd almost <laughs> forgotten about the horror of that experience, but that's just reminded me that actually that was probably worse than the Tottenham thing, actually, to be fair. Do you know what? That, let's call that just putting that spirit to, to the grave then, shall we? <laughs> yeah, I think we need to. I think we definitely need to. The, the horror of Paris 95 is, yeah, um, has been relived. I mean, Neil, and you who can't knew be, seven years later we'd we'll be watching Ronaldinho do no, it again? I, 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 can't, I, I can't be that. Um, just one, the one where Sean's mentioned, I happened to be watching that with a top, my cousin who's an ardent Tottenham fan. So can you imagine the abuse oh, I was getting? Jesus. Oh. oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, hang on, you don't play for Tottenham anymore. But that was the only mm. source of weaponry that they had. You know, ex-players doing us over. You know, that, that's how, how, how lame and pathetic they were. So I... I kind of held my own a little bit, but it didn't help the situation because I was obviously devastated that he hadn't won it. And yeah, I forgot that. We would have been the first team to retain it. And it was yeah, like, it was, oh, yeah. we missed what a missed opportunity. We um, don't really retain anything though, do we? Let's be honest. We, we've retained the FA Cup a couple of times, but um, and we haven't retained a league title since the 1930s. So we very rarely retain anything that we win. We just a one-off. We just have to make the most of it because we're not going to win it next year, usually. But, well, yeah. but I've always thought that's what made Arsenal a proper club. Well, the fact that we so didn't like, win things two years in a row. <laughs> well, no, just by... I mean, all right, look at United in the 90s, Liverpool in the 80s and late 70s, and then you got the Leeds Uniteds, and in the 60s, you, you know, it, Tottenham in the earlier part, I suppose, won a few in a row. Just one but season, Arsenal, Yeah. <laughs> but Arsenal are... I think this is why people who are watching games where Arsenal play in... And in my experience, when they've watched games of Arsenal playing, it's not a team they support. Generally, want Arsenal to win. And the reason for it is because Arsenal are not a team that dominate the landscape. They're not a team that you end up hating because they've just ground everyone yeah, down. Yeah, you've probably got a point. Apart from the 1930s when we won everything every every year, um, yeah. We were hated then, apparently. We were called lucky Arsenal and we said, yeah, we're in the 30s. So, you know, maybe that's true. Right. Maybe I mean, this is England. We don't like winners, do we? <laughs> no, my, my, one is, my one is what you touched on about the FA Cup, retaining the FA Cup. So do you remember when we were uh, uh, playing the FA Cup semi-finals at Old Trafford for those three three seasons? Yeah. So I was lucky enough to go to all three. And then the, 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 the nightmarish one, I guess, and it's one of two nightmares I've had. Uh, it wasn't too bad, but because it was a win, we beat Tottenham, so that was great. Oh yeah, uh, I think it was it Perez that, that scored. Or Perez got injured. Yeah, it was Perez. Game. Yeah, yes, Perez got right. Winner, yeah. So what the idiots at United and Trafford had done, the organisers, and I think I might have mentioned this before, the way they arranged the, the exits. So we're driven by car. My mate had driven by car, so we'd parked at the stadium in the car park. What we no. didn't realise the exits, the exit where the Arsenal fans were coming out. We're going into the Tottenham car park and vice versa. So when we <laughs> came out of the exit to go into the car park, all of a sudden someone like brushed past me quite hard. I thought, well, what's his problem? And I turned around to face him off, and I was I was faced with a hundred Tottenham fans looking at me, and I was literally on my own because the other three guys I come with had gone a bit further up, so I was lagging wow. behind. And I thought, honestly, I thought that was it. I thought that was the end of my life because. And I, and I thought, you know what, for once, don't be a stubborn mule, forget your pride, be a little mouse. And I literally put my head down and I bought lemons. I was going to slowly whimper off. And luckily they didn't do anything because they were obviously vexed at the fact that they'd lost. Yeah, We'd beaten yeah, them. Yeah. And I thought if I give them any ammunition or any signal to say, all right, come on, bring it on then, which I probably, me yeah. being me with my hot head, may have done if there was like one or two of them, but not 
that many. <laughs> no. It was like a whole group of them. And I'm like, I'm sure there must have been at least 70 or 80 of them because they were all exiting. They were all coming out. And they yeah. all sit at the same time as if, yeah, go on then. Go on then. What you got? I'm like, no, 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 no. So that was, that, that was probably my most oh, fearful moment that I've experienced football ever. The other time was when, dear God. So I don't know why I decided to do this. One of my, one of my good friends, I mean, I've known him for four, four decades now, coming up to 40 years. But he's, 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 he's a great guy. He's a Liverpool fan, but he's also a football fan. I really respect that of him. Um, he used to, he used to want, want me to get tickets from during the Gwenga era, which we talked about, the golden era. I used to get tickets for him because he wanted to come watch Arsenal because he loved the way we play. That's how, right. you know, he is as a football right. fan. Right. Because he said, Liverpool are a bit mediocre at the moment. I want to see some good football. So, um, you know, he used to come and watch some. Sometimes I'd get him a ticket for the for, for the games and he'd love it. Um, so he organised uh, when we went to Anfield. Now, this is when, do you remember when we lost 4-0 up there? Uh, and yeah. oh God, and even Fowler, who had been out for a while, and he always used, he used to be the drug bar, do you remember every time Fowler yeah. played against City, bloody score? And he was that around Christmas time? Was that the one around yes. Christmas time? Yes, yeah, it was I remember that. Freezing, so that was, that yeah. didn't help. So yeah, we went, that. and this is the days that I used to drink. So I started drinking at about six, seven in the morning. So I was already kind of all hungover, not hungover, but I was in a pretty bad way. We went into this ground, and I was only with one other Arsenal fan. We had ten Liverpool fans with us, and then obviously we they obviously got the tickets in the Liverpool stand. So myself and Mickey had to pretend, not pretend, but we were like, we couldn't get upset too much when they scored because they were scoring and scoring and they were dominating the game. And every time we had a chance, we just had to keep our mouth shut. But the worst part of this was that I could stomach all of that because we had decided to go. So that's fair enough. But it was on the way home. The amount of abuse that the two of us got was unbelievable. So you can imagine the train journey all the way back. I think it was, some yeah. I can't remember which station it was. Oh, my God. And plus, I'd been drinking all day, so I wasn't feeling great. And that was probably <laughs> uh, my worst travel away uh, nightmare ever. Uh, it was just a horrible, horrible, gloomy, crappy day. And I'm sorry to swear, but it was awful. So that was my Halloween moment, I think. That that sounds grim. That it was horrible. pretty grim, yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I can remember going to Anfield once, and um, it was um, chucking it down with rain. We set off early in the car thinking, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. And we got into the ground at half time because the traffic was just standstill on the M6. And so we got there at half time. We thinking, oh, oh, okay, fair enough. It was still nil-nil, sort of, say luckily, but it was still nil-nil. We hadn't missed anything. And we got in the ground in the second half and it was literally the worst 45 minutes football I've ever seen in my life. And it finished nil-nil. <laughs> it was just dreadful. Nothing happened in the game. There was nothing mm. to get excited about at all. We got soaking wet. And we got <laughs> home like another six, seven hours later, and literally saw forty-five minutes of crap football. We spent probably ten hours stuck in traffic there and back, and it was like, what, why, why do we bother? Why, why do, do we do bother that? going to football? <laughs> but you know, because of all the great moments that you do get as well. Exactly. Uh, that is life as a football fan. Exactly. That sure. is the life That's of a football it. fan. That's part, yeah. part of it. The thing is, is, to be yeah. honest, if we didn't have those bad experiences, we wouldn't. We wouldn't enjoy the good ones as much. No, you see, no. we just wouldn't. Yeah, um, no. it's, it's, it's in, in a way it's, it's it should happen to us so that we know when it's good. Wow, that is really good. You know, Bob exactly. Mills tells a good story where he says that um, he says if I turn around to you because he's a Leighton Orient fan, he says if I turn around to you and I say I was I was with my wife for ten years and we had two kids and then things didn't work out and we broke up and now I'm with another person, you wouldn't think anything of me. But if I turn around to you and said. I changed my football club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, don't talk to me. Get out. Get out. I'm not talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. You're married oh, yeah. to your club. 
That's just yeah. how it is. No, you are. You're right. It makes no difference. They can they can treat you badly, and you put up with it because that's what you do. Um, yeah, and you'll wince every time you think something the same is going to happen again. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Guys, yeah. I could talk about this all night. I really have to go. I've got to go back to work, unfortunately. It's really, nice. yeah, same. So, yeah, I mean, um, Melvin guys. shall be starting soon anyway, so oh, we need to clear okay. the decks and clear the clear the decks so Melvin can come in with, uh, with Jill for the hybrid match show. Just before we go quickly, then do a quick score prediction for Thursday against Zurich and then Sunday against Chelsea. Sean, go first. Uh, two nil against Zurich, I reckon, and I think it could be one all against Chelsea. Ooh. I think we would take a one-all to be fair away at Chelsea at this moment in time. Neil, what are you thinking for the Zurich and Chelsea games? Uh, I think I think he's gonna he's gonna probably want to. Obviously, we need to win a, uh, or match PSV's result, so he's gonna go for a quite a fairly strong mixture of players. Yeah. But I think there will be a few changes. So that means for me, I think it, I think Sean's probably not far off. It'll probably be around two two nil, maybe even two one. So I think a, a, a job done, a professional job done. I think on Thursday. Uh, Chelsea, I'll go two one, uh, and I and I, I'm going to say um, just to be just as a scorer, Jesus has got to get scoring again. Jesus, Chelsea two one. He needs a goal. He needs yeah. a goal. Yeah, badly. Yeah. You can yeah. see them chance he missed yesterday. His his confidence has gone a bit, hasn't it? So yeah, I, I think we'll beat Jury. I think I, I agree. I think it might be two one. I think it'll be a bit nervy. Um, because of how important it is that we have to win. Because yeah. even the draw, if PSV win, we'll, we'll drop in the group. So yeah. I think it'll be nervy. I do think we'll win 2-1. I think we're, we're too strong for Zurich. I think Chelsea's going to be really tough. That's the mm. first game they've lost under Graham Potter, you know, in 10 games, that Brighton game. And Brighton were bang up for it because it was his old team. So, you know, I don't think Chelsea yeah. was as bad as people are making out. They was on a good run. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, I think a draw, I'm going to go for a draw. And I'll be quite happy, I think, a draw away at Chelsea. I think we'd have to take that. That's a decent result, isn't it? Let's be honest. So, yeah, I think it, I think it might be goals. I fancy a 2-2, actually. I remember a 2-2 there a few years ago. I quite fancy a 2-2. So, um, it'd be a good game. No, but, Bishop yeah. Desmond. Yeah, nice Desmond. I think we might get a late equaliser, actually. I think we might <laughs> yeah. be losing. We'll come back. Maybe Jesus gets that one and his confidence then fires. Although then we've only got one more game through the World Cup. So yeah. Brazil will get the benefit of that in the World Cup. He'll be he'll go there flying because he's just got to broke his butt for us. And then uh, he goes to the World Cup and scores about five for them. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be 2 2 against Chelsea and 2 1 against Zurich. And it'll be a decent week. And we'll be happy with that, I'm sure. Um, Tommy says, I remember when Dynamo Kiev and Rebrov and Shevchenko, they knocked us out. Yeah, I remember they knocked us out in the Champions League. It wasn't that always playing at Wembley, wasn't it? I think we played the Champions League. Yeah. Right they were and brilliant we... that day. I, I was at the game and yeah. their off-the-ball movement was absolutely yeah. unbelievable. They, they were, were brilliant. Good. They deserved they... it, to be fair. Yeah, they did. It's done yeah, inside. They... Yeah, they were, they were a good side then. Um, right, okay, we better go anyway, I say, because um, on the other stream, join us here, well, join Melvin and uh, and Jill Armstrong in about 10 minutes for Highbury Matters. It is going to be brilliant, that. Uh, looking back on some memories of the great George Armstrong, who did pass away on this day in the year 2000. So um, it's a special edition of this show uh, with Melvin and Jill Armstrong. It's going to be great. So please join us for that. Tomorrow, Steve and Adam are back for the Social Extra. That's going to be a good fun show. They've not been in for a couple of weeks due to various things, but they are back tomorrow, 8 o'clock. So join us for that. Melvin's back again Wednesday. He's got a busy week. He's got Tom Watt on, Hybrid Matters on Wednesday. So that's going to be a great show as well. So please join Melvin for that one. Uh, Thursday, of course, it's a watch-along, the Arsenal game against Zurich, uh, Friday the women's show and then Sunday, loads of watch-alongs, loads of stuff coming on, so please stay with us for that thank you very much to Sean, good to, I'll say good to see you, I haven't seen you as such but it's good, to <laughs> yeah. see you. good for you to be back on again, hopefully you can come back on the channel very very soon I know you're good. Good. good to relive some nostalgia mate 
it was it's always good fun isn't it and i say well i'm sure we'll see you again very soon and neil of course as always great Thank to you see you my friend yeah. glad that you're well we'll speak again very soon i'm sure definitely um definitely stay tuned though for uh, the melvin show in a minute because that is going to be something really worth watching trust me jill armstrong is coming on um she's got some great stories it's gonna be brilliant so join us for that we will see you very very soon thanks for watching thanks to sean and, and neil you guys in the chat as well we will sorry see you just very to say, nice to interact with sean it's been great really good yeah it has. it's great to see yeah sean. good fun, man. you'll be back on the channel regularly soon mate okay yeah, yeah definitely you. hope so because uh we've missed you we've missed you a lot actually so it's good to have you back um no, thanks so, guys so thanks for you guys and we will speak to you very soon don't don't miss melvin's show because it is going to be a fantastic we will see you very soon come on you guys hello guys speak to you soon take care thanks rich thanks sean all the best guys see you guys see, see you soon. soon bye bye it's now with granite jack is it going to be the third goal it is the third goal granite jack will win it that's easy